0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, our penultimate episode in season 1, episode 21, Isabelle. And for our opening, um, we have written a brief haiku. Damn you, Isabel! Stop raping gay men, you ass. You are a bad mom. My name is Beth, and I'm joined by my co-host Claire. Yes, hello. We are very excited to talk about this episode. Uh, we might have spoiled a couple of plot points in that opening haiku, but I felt it really summed up the really like salient points of Isabelle's character. It does, and burn indeed. This lady's got some issues. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I'm just shocked. So we kind of jump in right in with her, uh, picking up from the end of last week where... Uh, Isabel interrupted Alaric drinking alone at the Mystic Grill with all his students hanging out around him. It's <laughs> like, hey, Rick. It's so weird because I may have talked about this in a previous episode, but I saw like five teachers from my school at the movies once and it was like so horrifying. <laughs> I could barely come back from it. So the fact that Alaric's just drinking with his students around is super weird. I know. It, I don't get it. Like, just drink at home if you need to drink alone. It's cheaper. It certainly is cheaper. But he's so lonely, he can't be alone. <sighs> he's just hoping that Damon will show up and flirt with him. It's it's true. Um, it reminds me of the scene in Mean Girls where Tina Fey shows up at the store at the mall where Janice works. And she's like, I love seeing teachers outside of school. It's like a dog walking on its hind legs. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that scene. So good. Good movie, good movie. Uh, so, yeah, we can pick up on the rest of the conversation. Uh, Isabel's just like, what's up, hubby? I heard you're a high school teacher now. That's cool. What, what's the haps? Yeah, she's pretending like she wasn't just pretending to be dead for the <laughs> past ten years. I don't and think it's been ten years. at oh, well. <laughs> I think it's been, like, maybe three years, oh. if that. Okay, well, whatever. It's been long enough that... It's awkward to just pop in there, starting to make s- small talk like there ain't no thing wrong. Mm-hmm. So Alaric is just kind of incredulous at first. He's like, "I thought you were dead. Like, w- what is what is happening?" He's just kind of taken aback by her presence. But like, she, why is, would you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, but she's like ready to get down to business right away. Yeah, she's like, "You were supposed to just mourn me for like a month or so and move on with your life, but since you haven't." I need you to arrange a meeting between myself and my daughter Elena, your student, who you did not know about previously, because I was not super honest with you even before I became a vampire. I know, that just speaks to the general character that we see her reveal as we go throughout this episode, but... Alaric's not having it like even though you can tell he's in pain and we know that he missed her and has been searching for her he's like I'm not going to do your errands for you like I'm not going to arrange a meeting screw you you selfish bitch and she makes this face like eh, fair yeah she, like she was kind of expecting it but then he like goes out to the parking lot to I guess drunk drive home and she <laughs> zooms out and is like listen up you fuck You can't just walk away from me. I am a vampire and I could kill you. And if you don't arrange this meeting, I'm going to start murdering all of your students and see if you like that. Yeah, she is so intense. So she said that she was going to murder every citizen of the town, starting with his students. So she's like, I have a wish list already. Like, (laughs) maybe knock a few of them off, Isabel, and then we'll deal with you. Right? Starting with Tyler. Yeah. I guess Jeremy technically is his history student, because he teaches every grade, I guess. Yeah, and they're all history students. (laughs) Uh, So he's like, fuck, this doesn't seem cool. I'm not down with this. My wife used to be a lot more fun. Yeah. And that's the opening credits moment. Uh, When we come back elena's talking about how she's supposed to help caroline build the miss mystic float for the founders parade or whatever the fuck this is oh yeah the the founders parade there's something founders themed in every episode some sort of event yeah and she's talking on the phone uh, about it and you think that she's talking to stefan but then it cuts to the other side of the conversation it's actually Damon. Yeah, that was a little shocking. So Elena calls Damon and she's like, So how is he? And Damon pretends that she's asking how he is, but then Stefan or Damon is all like, Oh, you know, Stefan's not doing too good. He's back to his normal self, being judgy and brooding and no fun and not interesting at all. Yeah. So I'm like I agree with you, Damon. I mean, not that I want him murdering people all over the place, but His personality is very boring. Yeah, and I thought that it was super, super boring in this episode. Like, more so than normal. He's just kind of like a bowl of mashed potatoes. Yeah. I don't know. I love mashed potatoes. That's true. I take it back. A bowl of white rice. Yeah. With no butter on it. And, like, not moist enough. Yeah, like the kind that's been sitting in your fridge from the Chinese food restaurant for three days, and then you try and microwave it. Oh my god. That is Stefan's personality. Oh, and you know what I just realized? So I haven't brought this up before, but anybody out there who is a Vampire Diaries fan, which I assume you are if you're listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have not read Price Peterson's Vampire Diaries photo recaps, they're fucking hilarious, and I just want to quote them every week. But he actually refers to Matt Donovan as human mashed potatoes. <laughs> so I, that, I think that's why that was in my head. I could see that. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Price Peterson. We love you. Come on the show. Or I love you. Don't read his recaps because there are spoilers. I really want to. I'm jelly. Well, I'll get there someday. They're very funny. We're averaging six months per season. Yeah. So in approximately, <laughs> what, four years? Yeah. I'll be able to read them. <laughs> It'll be your fourth wedding anniversary, and that'll be your present to yourself. Awesome. All right. So I just wrote on banter because Elena and Damon have this flirty banter thing they keep on doing. Yeah. Where they're like being sarcastic but like cute. And, and then Damon does his like shy smile at the end. Yeah. I uh, can't remember exactly what they say. It's like, oh, shut up, Damon. You helped. And he's like, oh, I hate myself. Yeah, that's right. But Yeah, she said that he helped Damon get back to health. Stefan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why do I keep mixing up their names? <laughs> but the worst part of this conversation is at the end, Elena's like, well, you know, I got to go uh, do the float thing. And Damon says something like, have fun with Miss Mystic. I know I did. Oh. Like just when we were like, "Oh, you guys have a cute vibe." Like, "Oh, right, you brainwashed, tortured, and raped her good friend for a while, like two months ago." Yeah, and Elena like giggled about it. I know that was even (laughs) worse than yeah, that was even worse than Damon saying it. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. That's kind of oh, Damon, you card. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so fucked up. How. I don't, I have no words. I mean, I'm glad that the show hasn't forgotten it, but it also kind of has forgotten it that it's treating it so glibly right now. Yeah, it's. Do you think that, like, part of it is that the show is trying to have so much, like, various action with the main characters that they, like, can't keep a story? Well, I guess even while it was happening, they weren't even that mad at Damon. Yeah, I don't know. It reminds me of Gossip Girl, actually, and uh-huh. how in the very first episode, Chuck Bass tries to rape Jenny Humphrey, and they just kind of gloss over that for a really long time so that Chuck can be, like, the romantic hero. Yeah. But then, like, four or five seasons in, they, like, finally bring it up and he apologizes to her, and it's like, I'm kind of glad you're doing this, but also, like, what what about the last several years where you were just like, oh, yeah, I want him and Blair to be in love, even though he's a rapist. Yeah. Oh. Like, put him in jail. And put Damon in jail. But for the purposes of the show, we have to kind of pretend that never happened or wasn't so bad or else we're never going to be able to get through this. This is very true. And also, the show is reflecting what it's like for rapists in reality (laughs) that everybody forgets and nobody pays for their crimes. I don't think they're doing that on purpose, but they are doing that. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. We go back to the school then and everybody is not in class. Everybody is just making floats. And I'm like, I think school is just suspended until Founder's Day happens now. I don't know what time of year it is. No, I don't either. It feels like it was winter fairly recently, but it's very, like, sunny and springy now. I don't know. But apparently there's a history class-themed float that Alaric is delegating to Tyler to be in charge of, because he, like, saw his sketchbook somehow. And he's like, you're going to be in charge of making the that is a reenactment of the Battle of Willow Creek Which I'm pretty sure Was not an actual battle I think it's a like cover story For the church burning Oh So I, I, I don't know that Also dumb. that's a massive project yeah. That's not like something you just Assign someone on the fly It's like expensive and huge Hey Tyler is the mayor's son He can afford it. Uh, Yeah that's true and apparently they spare no expense for all of these Founders events. And I'm like, do they do this maybe like only on significant anniversaries of the founding? Or is this every year? It's every year because when Caroline is binging the previous oh, year's right. float to judge it. <laughs> I forgot we got another good Bing moment. She didn't like <laughs> have easy access to photos of last year's parade, but somehow they immediately came up on Bing. Because it's national news or something. (laughs) Or maybe Bing is just that good. It's so intuitive. That's true. They know exactly what she's looking for. Sponsor us, Bing. (laughs) We will Bing things on this podcast. We We could do it right now. We have the power of the internet at our fingertips. Do you know what is my new favorite game is anytime somebody says that they binged or are binging something, Mm -hmm. the way that it's spelled looks like it could be binged or binging. So I just pretend that they're saying that they like binged a whole season of Game of Thrones. (laughs) I'm like, were the recaps good? (laughs) Did you find some good screen caps? I love it. (laughs) So yes, you all should play that with me. It's fun. But anyway, Tyler's like, I don't want to do it. That seems like it'll cut into my partying time. And uh. fucking my friend's moms But Allure's like, I don't give a shit just pick your team Whatever and for some reason Matt's Sitting at the same table with him Yeah, and He's like Matt you want to help And for a second I was just expecting him to be like Yeah cause I had totally forgotten mm-hmm. That they're on the outs because Tyler tried To fuck Julie Cooper mm-hmm. So Matt's like are you fucking kidding me No I know, that was really good, and when he said no, I was laughing, and I almost forgot the whole mom thing happened, and I thought Matt was just being, like, a dick for no reason. (laughs) But I was very happy that he said that to Tyler. So now Tyler has to do this massive, expensive project all by himself. I mean, he probably has some douchey friends who can help him, too, but... Probably, but I prefer to think that he's working on it by himself and just doing, like, a million tissue paper flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caroline, of course, is very excited to do the float And she's sitting with Bonnie and is like I already have the theme Classic southern elegance mm-hmm. And Bonnie's like, so gone with the wind And Caroline's like, yeah And like, this is kind of awkward for Bonnie Like, classic southern elegance Is kind of a code word for like Slave times Oh yeah, that's right And Bonnie ain't white but she plays along because Caroline's her best friend now that she's mad at Elena. Mm-hmm. And Caroline is trying to find out what's going on with them. Yeah, she's very curious. She's pretty much telling Bonnie that Bonnie has to help her with the flow and she has no idea where Elena is. Speaking of Elena, like, what are you guys fighting about? And Bonnie pretty much just tells her that she can't talk about it. Um, But Caroline has kind of a heartfelt moment, and she said, I don't know how to fix it if you guys can't tell me what's wrong, which is a little sad. Yeah, and she's like, Tyler and Matt aren't talking, you and Elena aren't talking, like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. And it's nice, because part of me was expecting Caroline to be like, sweet, Bonnie likes me more now, and to, like, revel in it, but she just wants them all to be friends, because she's actually not a horrible person. No, I really love Caroline, and I feel bad that my first impressions of her were so poor. Um, I mean, she's gotten better over time anyway. She has. Um, but yeah, Bonnie is not happy with Elena right now, but she sure is doing a good impression of her, like withholding information and being mysterious. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to resolve that right now uh, because it's time to check in with Uncle John Gilbert, who's wearing like black skinny <laughs> jeans, a black t shirt, a black leather jacket, and like Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> I'm like, you douchebag, you're in small town Virginia right now, like, get over yourself. I know. Plus it seemed like it was too warm out for that outfit. Yeah. So Uncle John's rolling up to some big ass house and we're kind of like, where are you at, Uncle John? There's this weird, horrible song playing in the background. (laughs) Yeah, and Claire was like, ugh, and I was like, are you ugging at Uncle John or at this horrible song? And you said both. Yes, but mostly Uncle John's outfit. So, Uncle John walks into this house, and he's kind of walking through the halls. It's really big. He's looking for people, and he walks into a room with a very attractive woman and man who are in lingerie and kind of grinding and do, doing a sexy dance upon one another. And Isabel's sitting there in, like, a nightie and just watching. And I'm like, okay, so Isabel wanted to become a vampire so she could direct porn. <laughs> Like, is that what's happening right now? It seems to be the case. But these are two people that she found somewhere or other and compelled. And I forget what she says about the woman. She said that she was a jazz singer from Brooklyn. And the man she found at a gay rodeo. A gay rodeo in Amarillo, Texas. And I was like, can we please have a spinoff about the gay rodeo in Amarillo, Texas? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness, Please. And Uncle John is like, he's gay, because he's like grinding on a lady. And she's like, not right now. He treats me very well. I'm like, are you insinuating that you have compelled this gay man to, like, put his face in your vagina? Because that is not okay. She totally was insinuating that. Fuck you, Isabel. That sucks. Hence our haiku. Like, if you're gonna compel some dude to fuck you, which, by the way, you're hot, there's no reason you need to compel them, Mm -hmm. at least make it a heterosexual. It makes it, like, ever so slightly better, though still rape. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Anyway, but... Possibly, aside from the rape, my least favorite thing about this whole situation with these two is that the woman's name is Cherie, and every time Isabel says it, she says it with this exaggerated French accent. So she's always like "Cherie, Cherie de, Cherie de," and I'm like, "Shut the fuck up." And she says that she's teaching them French, which why yeah, it, like <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything. She's so, so mysterious. And what? Yeah, she's teaching them French. Ooh. Teaching them to French kiss each other. Yeah, that was a whole weird bummer. Yeah, and she wins some points back uh, later because John is like, "I don't approve of your lifestyle," even though we're working together. Wah, wah, wah. I'm a man, nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. and she's like, "You're fucking up. You done like." Nothing that I've told you to do. You have failed at everything. And then she just backhands him. Yeah. I appreciated that. She slaps him so, so hard. She, like, goes flying across the room. And he fucking deserved it. She deserves a backhand as well. But that can wait. Because he's been... You know, he deserves that for Pearl at the very least. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that he was the one that killed poor Pearl. Yeah. Damn you! All. See, I would have watched this episode with Through a Different Lens If I had remembered that from last time I don't know why that slipped to my mind There are just so many murders to keep track of I know But be- I think that one of the reasons why Isabel was so pissed at Uncle John Is because she's been looking For the secret invention Jonathan Gilbert's invention mm-hmm. um, And she hasn't been able to get it And Uncle John's been trying to get it And he hasn't been able to deliver it to her so, because he sucks. Yeah, he does suck. He's completely useless. Yeah, I hate him. Um, so she decides that she's going to take it into her own hands. He is fired. So she goes. Uh, oh no! First, we go back to school where there's like a super cool teacher-student boyfriend brother meeting. Oh, I was just thinking about how weird it was that they were all in the same room together. They're just like, at like in a large classroom. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a school day or everybody else is working on floats yeah everybody is else is having a float day and because there's no other teachers or administration in the school it's not weird for <laughs> these teacher and students to spend alone time together in the classroom yeah so like Damon strolls in and Stefan and Alaric and Elena are already there and he's being all glib and like what's the So what's the why are we meeting but everybody's really bummed out, and they're like, Isabel's here, she's being a straight-up B, and she wants to meet Elena. And he's like, well, fuck that. You don't have to meet her if you don't want. And Elena's like, I want to meet my mom. Like, I'll regret it if I don't meet her. And all she's, also, she threatened to kill everybody in the town. Yeah, so <laughs> I might have as a well. Choice. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Exactly. I thought it was kind of nice that Damon was like, well, you don't have to meet her if you don't want to, because Stefan didn't really say anything about it. I mean, he probably did, because we didn't hear, like, see Stefan and Elena learning about this. I feel like the episode is really set up to undermine the Stefan-Elena relationship and highlight uh, Damon and Elena's friendship, which I'm all on board with, because I hate Stefan, Mm -hmm. but... I feel like probably when they had the conversation he was probably like, You don't have to do this, like Alina. Yeah. We just didn't see it. That's a good point though. Or be it for me happened. to defend Stefan, but No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so nobody's really happy about this and Damon's trying to like girl Alaric on like, did you ask her about the device and what it does? Did you ask her this? Did you ask her that? He's like, uh, no. I was a little distracted by the fact that my dead vampire wife just like sat down next to me at the bar and then tried to strangle me. Like, yeah, give me a break. I know. <laughs> he's got bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah, he's having some feelings. It's understandable. Yeah, of course. But basically, they agree to set up a meeting. And of course it's at our favorite place in town, the Mystic Grill. The only place in town that <laughs> anybody ever goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Elena's like waiting at a table and Stefan's over by the pool table like supervising and he has the super vampire hearing so he can like hear her whispering from across the room. But I'm like there are a lot of people like having loud conversations. How can you hear her whispering? like above all of that yeah and it also looks weird because elena's sitting at a table by herself just whispering to herself yeah she's like sort of occasionally putting her hand in front of her mouth but not really enough this reminded me so i had a makeup trial for my wedding Mm. and on the train right home i looked really good so i was like taking selfies (laughs) of myself on the train but i was trying to be very discreet so i was (laughs) taking them possible you know, everybody was looking at me because it was like the middle of the day. I had this full, intense face of makeup, and I was taking selfies of myself on the train. But I was trying to be discreet, so I was like cu- trying to cover up my phone and yeah. hold it in an awkward <laughs> angle. Maybe they've so i been a there, drag Elena. Queen. Maybe. I hope so. What would your drag queen name be? Oh, tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Mine what would be yours? anti-climax. Like I'm your aunt climax. Oh, so it's like A U N T I E. Yeah. So it's kind of a sexual pun but also like I would just go up on stage and just stand there and do nothing cuz it's an anti-climax. Uh, I love it. That's so good. Clearly I've thought about this. <laughs> Anyway, enough about drag. It's, there's never enough about drag. I'm, like, sitting here next to a signed poster from the Drag, sp- drag Queens of Comedy show. Yeah, like and you had, had the table. RuPaul's DVD out near your TV. Oh, yes. I've been rewatching Drag Race. I'm in season four right now, and I'm like, god damn, Phoebe O'Hara, you should never go on TV. Anyway. Is that a story for a different day? That's a story for a different podcast. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, so we we had just left the school and Elena's at the Mystic Grill getting ready to meet mm. Isabel. So she's whispering to Stefan. He's got super hearing and <laughs> I thought he looked really cute in this. He was like shyly smiling and... He was like being supportive because she said she was glad that he was there and yeah. he like gave her this dopey smile and Beth's like... He's being really cute right now. Whereas I was thinking, ugh, Stefan. <laughs> I know. I didn't say he was being cute. I said that he looked cute. Oh, okay. Which he did. Maybe it's because in the past, like, three episodes, he just had, like, vampire face and was, like, mm-hmm. very gaunt and gray. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess he has recovered pretty quickly since last week. Yeah. And they, like, don't really think even, about like, that. talk... They don't talk about it at all. Like, it's like just, he like, he's so fine much, now. And, like, all of a sudden, because he... Decided not to kill himself. Like, he has no problem with the cravings anymore. I know. We don't focus on Stefan in this episode at all. No. But Isabel strolls in and is like... She just gets down to brass tacks and uh, tells Elena that she wants the device. Yes. Elena is pretty much like, I don't have the device, so... Fuck you. Yeah, so sorry, lady. (laughs) And Uh, then... At some point during the scene, Isabel reveals that she can go out in the sun because she has a gaudy-ass necklace. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's not a subtle piece of jewelry. It's a statement necklace. It's like <laughs> it a is. giant-ass pendant. Yeah, and it's like half of a rock that's not even, like, sparkly or anything. Yeah. And at another point in the conversation, she just reveals that human life means literally nothing <laughs> to her. <laughs> I forget what prompted this kind yep. of uh, confession. Reiterating to Elena that she's going to murder everybody if she doesn't get the device. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, Elena tries to like actually talk to her as though this is a mother-daughter meeting. Yeah, she and asks she's like, "So oh, who who's dad my dad?" dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isabel says that her dad was just a teenage waste of space. I'm like, is her dad Jeremy? <laughs> kind of. Oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. But then Isabel also reveals that she knows that Stefan is there, and he's not, like, hiding. He's just, like, at the pool table. So she's like, oh, I forget, like, how she gets to this, but she talks about Stefan and Damon. And she's like, so I'm surprised you went for Stefan and not Damon, or do you enjoy them both? I'm like, you're talking to your daughter. I you basically know. just said, Do you have MMF threesomes with a pair of brothers, daughter of mine who is like 16? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very forthright. I'm like, you're probably one of the worst vampires we've met. Like, mm-hmm. most vampires have like some kind of personality, but you're just like inappropriate and evil. Yeah, she is just plain evil. She has no regard for anyone but herself. It's gross. And I'm like, elena you know makes some questionable choices and she can be a bit of a wet blanket but i'm like she turned out pretty well considering the genetics that are going on here and we only know the half of it at this point in the episode can we take a minute to discuss the relationship between Catherine and isabel yes oh yes because she says that she like uh, has a moment where she's like, Oh my god, you look exactly like Catherine. It's freaky. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she has met Catherine and she tells Elena that Catherine must have like, tracked her down after she turned out of genetic curiosity. Mm-hmm. So we don't know Catherine's story yet. Uh, we yeah. will learn more about it later. Okay. But it's like not a spoiler to say that uh, Isabel is a descendant of Catherine. Mm-hmm. Like many generations, but. She's from that bloodline. Gotcha. So what's creepy to me is that Damon and Stefan are attracted to Elena, and Damon has slept with Isabel, and they've both slept with Catherine, and these are all people who are descendants of one another and related to one another. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, intergenerational fucking on the (laughs) part of – Some of the vampire characters on this show. Hashtag intergenerational fucking. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, so Damon has definitely fucked um, Catherine, 1864, and her descendant, Isabel, 1992, or whatever the fuck her (laughs) year is. And he definitely would not say no to fucking Elena, 2010. Very true. He also fucked Caroline... And has a flirty relationship with her mother He has attempted To flirt hardcore with Tyler's mother And he has Come very close to fucking M- Matt's mother So he just really likes moms And Vicky Oh yeah god damn I'm sorry Vicky I forgot about you He R. fucked R. Vicky girl. and tried to fuck Vicky's mom Yeah, Jesus Like Damon. When you list it all out like that It's very gross Seaman likes to fuck. He does. Which is fine, but, like, keep it within a single generation. Or, like, maybe not so many people all in one town. Yeah. When you're a vampire and you live for so long, you could Zoom anywhere and fuck anyone. You literally can. Yeah. But... That's not the point of this episode. No, sorry. We went on a tangent there, but I was just curious because I knew that Isabel and Catherine were somehow related, but yeah. I wasn't sure if that had been made clear to us exactly how prior to this point. Don't worry. We will get more Catherine 1864 flashbacks. Spoiler alert, some of which will be pre-1864. Whoa. Do we have any 1980s Catherine 1864 flashbacks? I don't think we do. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know if we get any 1980s flashbacks of anybody. We get definitely a lot of flashbacks of various time periods for both Salvators. Okay. But, I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen the middle seasons because mm-hmm. they're not very good. <laughs> like, I've seen seasons one, two, one through three many times. Four, five, six, maybe only once each. I tried to wa- rewatch season four a while ago and I mm-hmm. couldn't get through it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I also got distracted by something else. Probably RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. So I kind of don't remember a lot of what happens in the later seasons. That's cool. Except for, like, we'll the boss we'll, we'll be on the same wavelength. I'm really looking forward to talking about seasons that I didn't like, because I feel like it's going to be really fun to talk shit. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I think the next thing that happens is we go to, like, Elena and one or both of the Salvatores kind of having a post-mortem on this meeting. Oh, no. What happens next is Isabel leaves and Bonnie comes into the Mystic Girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it gets a little bit awkward. Yeah, because Elena is pretty much sobbing because she has the world's worst mom and bonnie walks in and i was like "Uh uh-oh is bonnie gonna be upset because the last time she was in the mystic grill she got attacked and kidnapped but bonnie seemed all right um but she looks at elena crying and she seems to hesitate for a minute if she's going to go and give her a hug or not but then she seems to see stefan coming in from the background and then she just looks at elena and walks out yeah it's stone cold it is that isn't a shoulder of ice uh, indeed sorry bonnie elena friendship it ain't happening yeah she has made her choice and then i think we have the postmortem mortem the meeting, right my notes kind of skip around a little the bit. next thing i have is jeremy's house and he's giving anna a call
1: oh um, yeah jeremy
0: throughout this episode is trying to contact anna and i'm like you must have just been really bad in bed jeremy yeah sorry she's <laughs> ghosting you right now <laughs> Yeah. But it's super creepy because Jeremy's like calling Anna and Aunt Jenna's around and she's kind of checking in like, how's Anna? Then Uncle John walks in and he's like, Ooh, Anna, is that the person that you were with at the founders, whatever the fuck party it was? Yeah, the founders pageant. And you guys were getting pretty hot and heavy, huh? Gross. Uh? And it was so gross. And Jeremy was like, "Uh, All right. So then Uncle John hints to Jeremy that he knows about vampires. He knows what Anna is. Um, Because he asks him, like, Jeremy already knows that he knows because Anna told him that he was a hater last week. Oh, that's right. So they both kind of know that the other one knows and they have this creepy staring contest. And I'm like, I am not rooting for anybody in this scenario. Yeah, I know. Jeremy was like, I know Anna extremely well. And I was like, ugh. Gross. Yep. Um... Yeah it's weird And he and Jerry's like why are you asking all these questions And Uncle John tries to play it off Like you're the only one in this house who likes me And Angela's like "Yup," And she just leaves <laughs> <laughs> I know I liked that <laughs> uh, So I don't know At what point this happens But I think somebody is talking to Alaric in, in, uh, About like how Much of a Stone Cold bee Isabella is right now I think, yeah, Damon and Alaric are talking Oh yeah, because the whole time that they were in the meeting, um, Damon and Alaric were like hanging out outside together and Alaric's like, how could she be a completely different person like this? It doesn't make sense like, Isabel I knew would never want to kill people and Damon brings up the thing about switching humanity on and off again, which came up I think last week Uh and he's basically like "If, if you could switch off your feelings and your guilt, wouldn't you? Like, that's what Isabel's done. She's chosen the easy way like stefan for example in his quote was wants to feel every episode of how i met your mother oh my gosh it was so good (laughs) uh so he has his humanity on and he feels all the guilt and wants to kill himself and shit like that yeah and larry's like oh well you have your humanity on and david's like no i don't yeah but he clearly does yeah Mm -hmm. liar it's and those, like, moments that give me such a soft spot for Damon. Yeah. He he tries to be bad, so bad, but he's kind of a big softy. Yeah, exactly. But I did appreciate the How I Met Your Mother reference. Yes. Especially because Ted Mosby is, like, the modern-day equivalent of Stefan. Oh, my I God. Like. Ted Mosby is the modern-day Jeremy fucking Gilson. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, oh, he is. To bring it back around to Buffy for a second, actually, uh-huh. I had a revelation recently that... Warren from Buffy looks a lot like Ted Mosby and they kind of are similar in a lot of ways but somehow Warren is such a horrible horrible person that it makes me almost be okay with Ted Mosby but anyway wow Warren is one of the villains of Buffy in a later season he's basically like a big nerd who is a quote-unquote nice guy and oh, he gets dear. really rapey and like tries to bring Wash' his sex girlfriend he builds sex robots uh, and he ends up Killing people It's bad And then he gets Flayed alive Spoiler alert Well At least we have that To look forward <laughs> to On our next podcast Buffy Buddies <laughs> Buffy Buddies <laughs> um, So I think Next Is that Damon Just like finds Where Isabel Has been staying And he's, like, playing poker with (sighs) Shekhi. And Isabel comes in and is like, how did you find me? Yeah, and then he says something like, oh, you're living in the largest foreclosed house in the town. I taught you this trick. Of course I knew where you were. And things are getting very steamy between them. There's, like, a lot of mutual attraction, it seems like. And they have fucked. And they have, yes. We know this because Damon consistently holds it over Alaric's head. Yeah, and I'm just like, don't fuck Elena's mom now that you know that she's her mom. Like, I know, I I had such together. calms while this was going on, but then it turns out that he's just doing that to like be able to pin her down and strangle her and be like. Leave Elena, Leave Elena alone, you bitch. Yeah, he's pretty much like, you don't get to come into my town and threaten the people. Did he say the people that I love? That I care about. That I care about. Okay, yeah. And at first he could have had some plausible deniability that he was talking about Stefan, but then he's like, going after Elena was a mistake. Yeah. I'm like, show your def- hand a little bit more right now, Damon. yeah. But also in this conversation, Isabella reveals that she and Uncle John Gilbert are after the device because Catherine wants it. Yeah. Or Catherine wants Uncle John to have it for some reason. And we're just like, Catherine seems way too cool to want to have anything to do with Uncle John Gilbert. I know. Uncle Uncle John John seems like the just creepy dude that's like following around Catherine 1864. He's not even the creepy dude who's following around Catherine 1864. He's the creepy dude who's following around... Catherine 1864 is Descendant. Oh, good point. Yeah. So it's a weird scene. Uh, Can we talk first? Oh, I'm sorry. But I have to interrupt you because I need to talk for a (laughs) second about how they call it the invention. Oh, yeah. Like nobody like will say what the fuck this thing does. It doesn't have a name. And it's just so weird. Yeah. It's like. At the point where this show is being deliberately mysterious in a way that isn't really realistic. <laughs> yeah. Although, I guess it makes sense that Uncle John and Isabel would not want to tell Stefan and Damon what the device does. But Oh, because they don't know. Right? They know, at least, like... But Stefan and Damon Oh, does. yeah. Stefan and Damon don't know. Yeah. We find out in this episode, thanks to Bonnie... Later, but Yeah. Okay. So I'm it's just a little annoying that they've been talking about this for so long and well it's only been like three episodes, but it feels like a hundred years. <laughs> but I know. It's like what does the damn thing do? <laughs> exactly. So... They only call it the device or the invention. Yeah. And it just makes us think of Jonathan Gilbert and he sucks. He does suck. But he gets his in this episode, which I love. Oh my god. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to get to that. I know. So let's uh Let's continue on. Oh, I do have to note that this, in this scene, Damon actually does call Isabella a bitch. And Alara called her a bitch earlier. And I'm like, I can call her a bitch, but you guys can't call her a bitch. I kind of felt like that too. A lot of men were calling women bitches in this episode. And maybe it was Isabelle every time and maybe it's true, but it made me a little bit uncomfortable. Same here. And I I felt like weird about feeling uncomfortable about it because it's true because she sucks <laughs> yeah but it's like that's like the harshest thing they can think to say to her like how about your despicable piece of shit like that works well of course you can't say shit on tv <laughs> oh, you can't i in some shows like if they air after a certain time you uh-huh. can say bullshit now but you can't say shit so you can say bitch but not shit yeah oh. bitches ain't shit <clears throat> i this is very interesting to me yeah Because bitch is so gendered. The first time I saw a show where they actually said bullshit like cable TV Mm -hmm. or like broadcast TV, Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. Because it's fairly recent, I think, that they can do that. Oh, I need to like dig into this. I'm very interested. I haven't like looked into it. This is just like observations. Uh Anyway... (laughs) We were going to try to power through a little faster, and then we just got on another tangent. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so Bonnie comes over to Elena's house later that day. It's like, I'm so sorry. You were obviously upset, and I don't want to be a shitty friend just because I have feelings about vampires. Mm -hmm. So please tell me what's on your mind. Yes. So uh, Elena is like, I met my birth mom, and then just starts sobbing, and Bonnie embraces her. Yeah. Because it was really bad. And... Bonnie still is having hair issues. And I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago that for a long time I really hated Bonnie. Mm -hmm. And in this episode I'm starting to remember why. And part of it is her bad hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because this is a start of a bangs phase for Bonnie and it does not work for her. And it was that period of time where like everybody on TV got bangs. Okay. but I I know what you're talking about. More importantly... This is, I sound really shallow right now because the other thing that really bugs me that about Bonnie is that she does this thing with her mouth a lot and she really starts doing it in this episode where she like is clenching her jaw and like twists her mouth to the side and it seems like such an unnatural thing and it looks so weird and just like pay attention. She does it a lot and it really bugs me. That's so interesting that you bring that up because what I noticed in this episode is that Elena frequently does a... Very obvious frown during mm. tense situations. Like <laughs> the scene ends with Elena just like pursing her lips and crossing her brow, and she just goes like this. <laughs> and it happens very frequently. I wish you guys could see that. I know. Right? Maybe I'll post a selfie Please on do. our Instagram of what this face is. Here, we'll post two selfies. One will be you doing the Bonnie face, and <laughs> one will be me doing the Elena face. Okay. Yeah, Bonnie's face is like this. <laughs> So good. That's gonna be a boomerang. <laughs> oh god. So yes, um Bonnie. Her actions in this episode also start to remind me why I began to hate her. Yeah, I was shocked when you told me that you hated her, but in this episode, I, I agree. Anyway, so that's a big teaser for the second half of this episode. We're 40 minutes in and only halfway through the episode, if that. So, let's chug along. Okay, so the next thing that I know that happens is that we go over to the school again, Mm -hmm. where everybody's working on the floats. Yes, and we check in with our favorite bros, Matt and Tyler. Yep, and Matt has somehow got roped into building the float. He's carrying around a ladder that's just covered in flowers. It's very weird, especially since they're supposed to be building a float that's based on a war... Scene. I feel like Matt is maybe helping with Caroline's float. Oh, okay. And he's just, oh, like, walking right, by. Because he wouldn't help Tyler. And okay. And Caroline is his lady. Mm-hmm. Even though he did not escort her to the pageant last week. Womp womp. Because he was working. <laughs> Tyler's just like, oh, so I heard that, like, you've been on your own for the last couple weeks. Oh, And yeah. Matt's like, I'll tell you when my mom's back in town so you can fuck her. <laughs> And then Tyler's like, no, man, I, I didn't even mean it like that. And then Matt's like, whatever. So they're still on the outs, obviously. Like, a lot of people do a lot of fucked up shit on this show. And some of it you can write off because of the over-the-top over supernatural stuff. But this is just two high school dudes who are both humans and one of them tried to fuck the other's mom. Yeah. Like, after the son lost his sister. Yeah, it was like out of grief. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. So I am team Matt in this scenario. Even though... as much as I hate Matt, I'm yeah. always team Matt if it's a choice between Matt and Tyler. Yeah, and Tyler's trying to, you know, offer an olive branch, blah blah blah. But Matt just says, "You're a dick." End of story. Because let us not forget also that Tyler raped Vicky. He tried to rape. He tried him. to rape Vicky. So again, yeah. the with the intergenerational fucking, he's not even a supernatural character yeah he just ugh. I'm getting riled up Tyler has not really been in it much for like the second half of the season but every time he has been it's been fucked up true and I I don't want to like spoiler anything for you but mm-hmm. he becomes a bigger character in season no, two no I was I keep hoping that he's like gonna drop off because he's not in the show that much yeah. and that he's one of the characters that's just kind of like bye bye yeah I just feel like you need to be prepared for that well thanks for warning me <laughs> So then we go to another random empty classroom. I think it's like a science classroom. And Bonnie has brought Elena there. It's like, I have to show you something. Yeah. And it's really weird that they're at the school because Bonnie could have like showed her this at her house or something. Yeah, when she went over there like earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Meet me at the school. Yeah. So she has Emily Bennett's grimoire and she tells Elena that she's been studying it. And she discovered my favorite thing in the world, yes. which is that Jonathan Gilbert did not invent anything. He just like snapped compasses and watches and half stuck them together. It's like, this will find a vampire. And then Emily Bennett secretly <laughs> put spells on them so they would work. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. This was like the <laughs> biggest gift I've received. <laughs> I was just so happy because we know that Jonathan Gilbert sucks and that he's a horrible human who turned in pearl and like led the vampire, you know, capture. And the fact that he is so untalented that someone had to secretly put in spells on his quote-unquote, inventions, yes. and that it was Emily, a woman, it's so, so good. And that is so, like, perfectly Jonathan Gilbert that he just assumed he was a genius. And it's like, what did he, he... Like, what were his steps in these inventions that he thought would make it work? Like, if I put enough, like, gizmos together into one gizmo, it just, like, magically will do what I hope it do, does. Does <laughs> <use. laughs> it does. And it's just, like, wheels... Clicking, like what are those called? It's just like gears. Yeah, it's just gears. That's all of his inventions are gears and clocks. I'm just picturing Jonathan Gilbert, like in his workshop, like Eureka. Uh, it just he's just a mediocre white man. It just goes to show that mediocre white men have been overestimating their capabilities since eighteen sixty four. At least. At least. This is the first proof. Actually it's not even the first proof. I don't know what I'm talking about. But yes. But the, like, big thing of this scene, other than that amazing tidbit, is that uh, Emily, you know, was loyal to Catherine because Catherine saved her at some point. I don't know if if we ever heard the full story, but there's, like, some kind of debt there. Okay. But she also didn't want people to, like, get murdered by vampires, and that's why she helps Jonathan Gilbert with his inventions. And uh, Bonnie reveals, like, she's flipping through the grimoire, and it has, you know, diagrams of the compass... And the device and the goddess rings, blah, Mm blah, blah. And she reveals that the device is a weapon against vampires. Yeah. And it doesn't say exactly what it does, but it hurts vampires. So Elena's like, why the fuck does this vampire mother of mine want this? That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. Very true. It's weird that... I guess maybe she wants it in her possession for protection, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, but nobody else knows what it is at this point except for Catherine, Uncle John, and Bonnie, I guess. Yeah. So we're getting a little bit of information, at least. See, I misinterpreted this scene because when Bonnie was like, Emily wanted to do something good, so she bewitched the inventions. <laughs> like, I interpreted it as like she wanted to do something good, so she like let Jonathan Gilbert think that he was a genius. I was <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of. Like, what the fuck? That's so weird. A charity case. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that you explained it's because she wanted to, like, protect people. Yeah. And that kind of calls back to the episode where she possessed Bonnie and destroyed the very important crystal. Oh, yeah. Like, she was not willingly team Catherine. Like, she did shit for Catherine, mm-hmm. but really wanted to protect humans. And that also kind of calls back to something Graham says about Bennett witches getting dragged into vampire business. Like, there seems to be this history of Bennett witches getting involved with vampires and not really wanting to help them, but helping them anyway. Yeah. And that tension is what is kind of fucking up the Bonnie Elena relationship right now and what is making Bonnie make questionable decisions. So it's getting complicated up in here. It really is. Thanks for, like, Making those connections for us, Claire. <laughs> Me and the people appreciate it. The people and I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's where we are. <laughs> okay, so I think we go back to the school then. Yes, and Isabel shows up. Yes, so Jeremy comes up to Elena because he's desperate to find out what's going on with Anna. And he's like, do you know where Anna is? And she's like, no. And he's like, are you lying to me like you lied to me about the vampires? I know everything. Yeah, Jeremy is just going off the rails. And Aley is like, well, that's nice. I still don't know where Anna is, but can we, like, talk about this? But <laughs> Jeremy just storms away. Yeah, he gives her a dirty look and then just walks right away. So that seems like it should have been a bigger deal than it was because <laughs> it the, just kind of moves on really quickly. Yeah. But Isabel shows up then, so I guess that is kind of a bigger deal. Indeed. So she walks up to Elena, and she's all kind of like, hello, Elena, how are you? And Elena's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm your mother. I want to be more involved in your life. <laughs> and then she just goes on to name like all of her friends and like gives a brief description of them. And my favorite one was, oh, and there's sad Jeremy. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> All right, Isabel. And the way she says Jeremy is always really weird. It sounds like a robot or something. She's always like, your brother, Jeremy. She does have like a robotic quality to her voice. Yeah, but she says that she's going to stay away from her witchy friend, Bonnie. Yep. And that's wise. And she, <laughs> I, I like that she mentioned uh, Caroline she calls Caroline obnoxious Which sucks But she's like I got all my information From Caroline She didn't know who I was But she just yapped And yapped and yapped mm-hmm. Like I want to see This deleted scene Where Isabel just like Tracks down Caroline And like how did they Even get into this conversation Like yeah. did she compel her Because Caroline has Verbane now right Yeah I think So that she, she must have just Like straight straight up wanted to Talk about her friends And that's cute It is cute Ugh, I wonder Yeah I wonder How it came mm-hmm. up Yeah
1: and... Probably at
0: the Mystic Grill <laughs> Probably and so she then points out Matt, like, oh, the friend, the ex blah blah blah. Look at him, he's working on that float. And my gay rodeo boyfriend is standing there and is gonna fuck his shit up. He what he was like playing with his belt buckle. It he was, was dressed so- as a cowboy in this. scene. <laughs> he was. But not just like wearing a cowboy outfit, like dressed as a cowboy. Like mm-hmm. it was very clearly it was a like costume. A Halloween costume. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess is probably what they do wear at the gay rodeo. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last gay rodeo person I saw was Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeback Mountain. Oh. Sorry, hey girl. Uh, sorry, I hope you have seen that and that was not a spoiler. I have. I saw okay. Brokeback Mountain in high school and it was a very moving experience for me. I watched it. Like, people give it shit now because it's like the classic, like, tragic gay story. Yeah. And why White hand gay people have happy endings. But I rewatched it recently and I just Mm -hmm. wept. Yeah. And I was like, it's a really good movie. And it sucks that those are the stories that get told, but that is still a good movie. It was a really good movie. And I don't know if it was just like my somewhat sheltered upbringing, but I hadn't seen a movie like that before. Well, I remember seeing it with my mom uh and it was like really emotional for her. Yeah. And also one of my favorite stories to tell, uh, I have an aunt who's a nun Mm -hmm. and, uh, We would go to the convent a lot to hang out with her. We would, like, spend holidays there. And in the rec room, they had a copy of Brokeback Mountain on DVD. That's awesome. (laughs) It's like, nuns aren't what you see in, in, like, the media. Well, there are some shitty nuns, but a lot of nuns are just, like, badass ladies. Mm -hmm. And, like, my feelings on religion aside, like, I'm down with those nuns. That's good to know. I am, They're down with gay cowboys. So is Isabel. <laughs> Isabel's a little bit too down with gay. Yeah, unfortunately. So many digressions. Uh, she decides to put on this little show for Elena. She has the gay cowboy sabotage like the car or the float that Matt's working on, so it pins him. Yeah, it like crushes his arm. Yeah, and everybody freaks out, and like Tyler is the first one to come and swoop in and try to pull it off him because he really misses his friend and he wants to make things up to him. So, like, 10 guys are like trying to lift this thing up, of and then Stefan just zooms in and pretends to like struggle and just lifts this straight yeah, up. Yeah, I loved that. And Caroline like calls 911. She's like, it'll be 20 minutes for an ambulance. And how, okay, how big is Mystic Falls? I know! They deal with like, tragedies all the fucking time. Maybe there's not a hospital in Mystic Falls. Maybe it's like in a big city, like far away. They couldn't something. send the animal control van <laughs> faster than the ambulance, at least. Well, it's all a big setup so Tyler can be like, I have my car, I can drive you, get you to the hospital now. And Matt's like, No I don't I'm too proud. Yep. But Caroline's just like, fuck that, we're going in Tyler's car. And so they're, you know, tentatively at least traveling in vehicles together. Mm-hmm. Under it- duress. <laughs> yeah indeed. Sorry, Matt. Uh so, so I think then we go back to Isabel's house. But I think that something else happens oh, while right, she's right, at right, school, right, right. so she's like pretty much pressuring Elena get to give her the device. So she and Elena keeps saying Damon's not going to give it to me. Yeah, exactly. So she hurts Matt, and then she pretty much has Shari kidnap <laughs> Jeremy too. Yeah. So Elena like, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jer, where are you? But he is currently at the foreclosed property that Isabella is squatting in, and uh, Uncle John Gilbert comes over. He's like, "What the fuck? That's my nephew. You let him go right now. Like, you won't do this to him because we go back or whatever." And Isabella's just like, "Fuck you!" And she has the game cowboy and (laughs) Shelly beat Uncle John up, and she rips the ring off his finger. And the best thing ever happens in this scene. It's so good. She calls the ring gaudy like I have been since episode one. She I felt says, so blessed. That gaudy ring, it's coming off. <laughs> and I was just like, I hate you, Isabel, but thank you. Yes, thank you, girl. So she steals his ring that can save him from death, and he's like, shit. And so he and Jeremy are both kind of like in a kidnap situation here. And Jeremy's just staring at him like, yeah, this is the, this is the team you're on. Like, mm-hmm. Douchebag. Yeah. And Uncle John tries to make an emotional appeal like, Isabel, like, I know that you're in there. You're like the woman who means so much to me. And she Mm -hmm. just is not having it. Yeah. She is not featuring Uncle John, and rightly so. So there's like a scene now at the Salvators. Or no, there's a scene with Bonnie and Stefan and Elena. Yeah, but they're at the the Salvatores, I think, right? I think first they're at the school. It doesn't really matter. But basically, they come up with this plan where they have to give the device to uh, Isabel because Jeremy's been kidnapped and Elena cares if he dies. that's (laughs) right. Unfortunately. (laughs) And they're like, Damon will not give it to us. like, we need to figure out a way to convince him to do it because it's a weapon against vampires and he, you know... It's all about self-preservation, blah, blah, blah. And Elena's like, what if it didn't actually hurt vampires? And she significantly looks at Bonnie. So their whole thing now is that Bonnie's going to use her magic powers to remove the spell that makes the device work so they can give it to Isabel and it won't actually do anything. Whoa. I'm like, it's actually a pretty clever plan. Yeah, it's a really good idea. So I think that they go over to the boarding house to try and... um... To carry out this plan so Damon is like very skeptical yeah. of, of Emily's powers and if she could Bonnie's powers Oh what I say Emily <laughs> he's basically like you're no Emily yeah Bennett. that's what yeah. I wrote well I wrote Emily favorite book which <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good summary of this scene because Bonnie's like I'm gonna prove to you that I'm as good a witch as Emily Bennett was yes. who could make a pentagram of fire pop up in the forest and explode a crystal <laughs> And her way of proving this is to basically do like a card trick. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the same. So she asked Damon, "Like, what is your favorite book?" And Damon thinks about it for a second, and then he's like, mm, "The Call of the Wild, Jack London." Of course, yeah, this would be Damon's favorite book. i like, like we give Stefan a lot of shit for like. Being like, I love Bob Dylan, but Damon loving Call of the Wild is like almost worse. Yeah, it was just. Also, Call of the Wild is like an eighth grade level reading. Yeah, I point. definitely yeah. literally read it in eighth grade. Yeah, that's what I. Th- that's what we I read. Call of the, the Wild too. and White Fang in my eighth grade English class. Yeah, I think I read that, and then also the war one. I forget what it's called. Something Johnny something when Johnny I think- Tremaine. When I think of Jack London, I think of the episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie writes like the budget proposal and it, ha- it has like a million Jack London quotes in it. <laughs> oh, so I love good. that show. We should do a podcast I, w- I was just going to ask you, like, should we alternate seasons? Like, we'll do a season of The Vampire Diaries, a season of Parks and Rec. Maybe we should just watch Parks and Rec. Okay. <laughs> I guess we don't need to do a podcast about all of our interests. It's true. It's hard enough just <laughs> doing this. <laughs> no, wait. we're in an hour and we're still like not oh even halfway through the episode I feel oh, like maybe halfway it's almost like Rose is here it's so long <laughs> so, love you Rose anyway she asks what his favorite book as he says called The Wild and she like stands in front of the bookshelf and makes the book like zoom into Damon's hands and he's like am I supposed to be impressed and yeah, I'm, she could have at least lit it with... on fire yeah like also that would be like oh this is your favorite book Whammo! It's on the fire. Exactly, that sends a message. Yeah. So I was not impressed. Damon was not impressed. But Elena go like gives her big puppy eyes to Damon. Is like, I know you can't trust Bonnie, but you can trust me. She's gonna do it. And Damon is an idiot. Yeah. He's like, okay, fine, and he just gives her the device. I'm like, <laughs> ma- wear your heart a little bit more on your sleeve, right now, you jackass. Right. And Stefan's just standing silently by while all this shit is happening. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, that is my girlfriend emotionally manipulating my brother who wants to fuck her. Mm -hmm. This is fine with me. Yeah. So Bonnie takes the thing and she carries it over to a table and she levitates up one of the gears and the lights start flickering and the fireplace is going in the back and that kind of explodes and the candles are like, the flames on the candles are super high. And she levitates it for a minute and then puts it back down and she's like, and it's done. And everybody's just like, cool, thanks Bonnie, moving on. Yeah, thanks (laughs) Bonnie. Uh, So So, I think we at some point in this span of scenes learned that, uh, or I think it's in the next scene where they finally have the big like drop-off meeting in the middle of the town. Yeah, so I think that now that the device is removed of its powers, Elena decides that she can meet up with Isabel to give her it. So they meet up in the square as people in Mystic Falls do. Yeah. So um, Elena's like, where the fuck is my brother? And Isabel's like, where the fuck is my device? And they kind of argue for a minute and show that they've b- brought backup. So, Isabel has Cherie and the gay cowboy, and, like, they're just compelled humans. Like, you could do better. Mm -hmm. And Elena has Stefan and Damon, who are vampires who are older than Isabel and could easily kill her. But uh, they go back and forth about who's gonna, like, show their hand first, and finally Isabel rolls rolls her eyes. It's like, call your house. Your brother's home. Yeah. I kind of liked when she said that. Yeah. So, Elena calls, and then we come back to the Gilbert house, where Aunt Jenna's kind of like putting a band aid on Uncle John's face, and Jeremy is like, Oh, I am fine, Elena. Uncle John fell. Yeah. <laughs> and Aunt Jenna, of course, is like, And we're all laughing our asses off. Like, <laughs> and Jenna, Aunt Jenna was the Good quips this episode. Barely in the episode, but she was just constantly burning Uncle John, and I really appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm not trying to go out on another tangent, but. <laughs> So, oh wait, we can't go there yet. We'll go there in a minute. Okay. I'm just. I want. I have a comment about Aunt Jen and Uncle John's relationship. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes. It wasn't incest. Okay, but it was. It gets weirder because of what we find out. True. Okay. Yes. So they do the exchange. Like Elena knows that Jeremy's okay now, so she gives the device to Isabel. And at some point in this conversation, it's revealed that. Catherine wants them to have the device because the tomb vampires, who have kind of spread out since leaving Pearls, like, want to get revenge on the town, and they also are mad at Catherine because it was her fault they were in the tomb in the first place, so she wants them all dead. hmm So it, it, like, almost kind of makes sense that vampires would want the vampire-hurting device to, like, get used. Yeah. To enact their revenge on other vampires. And then Elena like makes this comment like, You really took a risk thinking that I could get the device from Damon. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. What made you so sure he would give it to me? Yeah, so Isabelle is pretty much like because he's in love with you, obviously. You and then there's yeah, there's like a awkward shuffle between Stefan and Damon in the background. And everybody's like shocked. I'm like, what? <laughs> Damon's in love with Elena de Doy? Like yeah. we we, know this this is not news but it obviously makes everybody feel awkward Uh, but basically Elena then just decides she's gonna finally burn somebody and and she says I want to thank you Isabel for being such a huge disappointment so that I can remember my real mom fondly oh yeah and Isabel pretty much agrees and says that she has no redeeming qualities yeah yeah and she also gives like a little warning that as long as she's hanging with the Salvatore, she's doomed. Yeah, that was very foreboding. I'm like, I don't know. Hanging out with the Salvatore has worked out okay for Catherine. Like, she got out of that tomb. It did. And it's working all right so far for Elena. It's hard to tell how she would have ended up otherwise because she's in so peril, so much peril, just yeah. because of their very existence. But, like, they protect her at all costs, like, above anything. So I think she's pretty much physically safe. Yeah. Emotionally and mentally is a different story. Yeah. But this is our first hint that Isabel thinks that Elena's in danger. Mm-hmm. But she pieces out. She, like, brings her entourage off uh, with her. And then Stefan runs over and embraces Elena and they hug and Elena and Damon make awkward eye contact over Stefan's shoulder. Yeah, and, and he's, he's kind standing of there, like raising saying, his eyebrow and looking like nothing it, to see here. Yeah, it was it was a weird moment for them. You could tell that Damon was like a little jealous and uncomfortable. Yeah, and also like somebody just like burned you, like not in the insulted sense, but like revealed your secrets. Yeah, like publicly <laughs> shamed you about your feelings. Yeah, and. Then, like, Stefan and Elena turn slightly, and Stefan, like, glares at Damon. Yeah. Thanks, Stefan. Like, good eye acting, everybody. So, speaking of good acting, it does not happen in this next scene back at the Kilburn house. No. So, Elena heads home, I guess, as one does after such an emotionally wrought moment. And she goes into the Jack and Jill bathroom that she shares <laughs> with Jeremy. She's like, Jer, we need to talk. He's and, like, no, we don't. No, we don't. I have nothing to say to you. he anyway. read your diary, BTW. Yeah, so he just, like, drops the bomb that, sh- that he read the diary and and Elena is super shocked and Jeremy mentions that he knows that he was brainwashed after Vicky's death and like how could she and Elena pretty much says that the look on Jeremy's face when Vicky died was like as if their parents died all over again and she wanted to take away his pain and he was just like whatever and like I get both sides of this argument because it was a fucked up thing to do to Jeremy but you can also understand and it came from a place of love And Jeremy, of all people, should, like, be lenient with the people in his life. Yeah. (laughs) Because his own behavior is so shitty at all times. But he's really mad. He doesn't want to talk to Elena. So he just slams the door in her face. And then she's back in the bathroom. Yeah. And... We then go to the school where Alaric is just like roaming the halls at night for some reason, yeah, as one does. And Isabel is there, and we're like, "What's she up to? Like, is she just gonna kill him now? Cool, okay." Yeah, so like, they have a bit of an emotional moment. So Rick is pretty much like asking her, like, how she could he have called, called him Rick. Him. I did, cause everybody starts calling I hate him Rick. It. You I hate it. I hate Call him Rick. Alaric is, like, way better. Yeah. But she called him Rick. Yeah. He calls himself Rick, but I don't accept it. No. I'm going to name my firstborn Alaric. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Alaric Kizlauskas. It has a good ring to it. It's too many... C- c- it has, like, a good assonance to it, like, Alaric Kizlauskas. Like, I don't know. Something about Yeah. It, it is a little bit poetic. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's, like, putting the pressure on her to explain, and we kind of get a moment of emotion here from Isabel. So she pretty much opens up to Rick and says that he asks her why, why she could have turned, and she said, It was my mistake, and I have to live with this regret forever. Like, but I think of what I gave up, and I'm like... You're an yeah, exactly. And he takes off his ring and he tells her that he doesn't have any vervain in him so that he could like kind of have an honest moment with her. Yeah. And also she can kill him if that's what's going to go down. Yeah. She just like lays it all out there, but then it's like, but you're not going to remember any of yes, this. Yes, I know. And you don't love me anymore. You're free now from me. So like, all of his emotions wrapped up in this, like, epic revenge slash search quest, he now can, like, channel all those feelings towards Aunt Jenna, presumably. Oh. But they haven't even, like, had a scene together in a while, so no. who knows if they're even still dating. But I really like them both, so I hope that they are. Yeah. They deserve happiness with each other. mm mm-hmm. um, So, it's kind of an emotional scene like up until this point Isabel has just been like stone cold no feelings doesn't care about anybody or anything like only just wants what she wants and fuck everybody else but she kind of cracks here and shows that she still like has feelings about Alaric about the decision she's made and you can kind of see like what Damon was talking about with the humanity switch earlier like why she would choose to become emotionalist because she obviously feels really bad about what she did Mm Mm-hmm. So turning off her feelings lets her like move on with her life. Yeah, so that she's not hung up on her decisions. So you wonder what she actually feels about Elena and we get a bit more of that in a in a minute. But first we have to deal with Stefan just being like a complete goon. <laughs> Yeah, so they're back at their house, and Stefan and Damon are kind of hanging out in the study. Damon is drinking. He asks Stefan if he wants any. Stefan passes up because now he's all straight edge now yeah. that he's off the blood. So Stefan is like, at the risk of sounding like a jealous boyfriend, I just wanted to check in because Catherine said that you liked Elena. Well, Isabel? Isabel. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't. Hey, they oh, are related. They are. Yeah, and Damon is just being, like, a complete asshole in this scene, but Stefan totally deserves it, so I'm just loving it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Elena and I are really good friends. Like, blah, blah, blah. So since I know that you want to, like, have all the emotional conversations with her, I'll let you reveal the next big bombshell to her that I figured out that had become fairly obvious uh, at the various points in this episode where Isabel mentioned that, like... Uncle John was in love with her and that they dated. Mm -hmm. Damon's like I know that one plus one equals two. And in this situation the first one is uh, Uncle John. The second one is Isabel. And the two is Elena. Yeah. Oh god. And Stefan just looks at him with like a dumb look on his face like he didn't think of it himself. He's like prove it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But basically Damon's just like Well, you know, I'll let you tell Elena that. And if she really needs to, like, talk to somebody and work through these feelings, I'll be here for her. Oh, yeah, burnt Stefan. So Stefan's just like, damn it, this conversation did not go like I was hoping. I was really hoping to intimidate him. I know. He, like, started it off by saying that history will not be repeating itself with (laughs) Elena. But it seems like it is. I mean, something's happening. Yep. He's like, I know you've bonded with Elena, but I'm her boyfriend and you're not getting anywhere near her such an awkward conversation to have especially amongst people who are like hundreds of years old Yeah. so they're you know in a sort of strange position right now and we get confirmation in the next scene that Damon's susp- suspicions are true uh, Isabel is leaving town and she's like in a car being driven by the gay cowboy and on the phone with Uncle John Gilbert and she's like I got the device like look on your doorstep there's a package for you he opens it up. It's the device and his ring. hmm And she's like, you know what to do next, blah, blah, blah. Like, you gotta uh, protect our daughter. <sighs> and there it is. And she reveals that she knows that Catherine wants the tomb vampires dead, but she also wants Stefan and Damon dead because... She wants to protect Elena. yeah, so that it, Elena's not safe if she's around them. She's like giving Elena the cold shoulder and this big act this whole time, but she actually really like cares about and is worried about her daughter. Yeah. So Whew. twist on twist indeed. And and then I Uncle think John is now officially Uncle Father John. Yeah, he's just like a Oscar Bluth <laughs> to Buster. It's <laughs> so true. Oh, I'm like gonna share my right pop now. secret with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was like super intense, and I also feel super bad for Elena that Uncle John is her father. I know her parents are like heartless, murderous vampire, and fucking Uncle John Gilbert, who is somehow even worse. Oh, and know. somehow she's turned out to be like a caring and loving, like decent human being. Yeah, I kind don't of an idiot. It. Yeah, a little naive, but she's a teen, you know, like. All things considered, she came out okay. Exactly. I hope that she never finds out that Uncle John Gilbert is her dad. Because I'm, then everyone will have to stop calling him Uncle John and start calling him Father John. It's like a really weird situation now that we know this, because she really is a Gilbert. She's Jeremy's cousin. Oh, um, yeah. And so she is both a Pierce and a Gilbert. The the bloodline's mixed. Whoa! So it's creepier now that we know that Uncle John had sex with Aunt Jenna. Yeah, because I mean they're still not blood. No, but they're they were related. They were in-laws. Yeah. So Uncle John was, or Uncle John's brother was married to Aunt Jenna's sister, but Uncle John is also the father. Like Elena is blood related to both Uncle John and Aunt Jenna. Which yeah. We didn't know before because we knew she was adopted, but when they slept together, well, no, because Aunt Jenna knew she was adopted, and obviously, yeah, Uncle and John Uncle John, did. John knew that he was his fa- her father. So yeah, I guess Aunt Jenna didn't know they were blood, like her and Elena, but Uncle yeah. John knew. So it's creepier on Uncle John's part, of course. It Why do you draw the line? I don't sucks. know. I'm thinking of Gossip Girl again because. There was this whole plot like you did you watch all of Gossip Girl? I did, but I only watched it once while it was on, so a lot of it's a little fuzzy. It's like these teen shows really make you think about like what is and isn't incest in ways <laughs> you never expected. <laughs> yeah. But like there's this whole plot line on the show where like Dan and Serena are one of the big couples on the show mm-hmm. and there's also the like thing where her mom and his dad were in love once upon a time. Yeah. And then Dan and Serena are together at one point, but then they find out that Rufus and Lily, their parents, had a kid together and it was put up for adoption. Yeah. So they share a sibling and suddenly they are really grossed out and don't want to be together anymore. I'm like, it's not really any different, but also you both have, like, that guy is both of your brother. Yeah, so the other person starts <laughs> to feel like your sibling, even though they're technically yeah. not. And I'm like, thank God for these shows that we can get these strange hypothetical situations to... Right? We can note it down to make sure it never happens to us. (laughs) Well, I mean, it happened to them. It could happen to us. Oh, no. Art imitates life. Life imitates art. (laughs) Don't wish this upon me. So you think that that's going to be like the big bombshell of the episode that we're going to end on and nothing else could happen. But our very last scene... Oh, shit. Yeah. So, Bonnie and Elena are catching up, and nope, Bonnie and Caroline are catching up. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, I guess they're at, like, the Mystic Grill or something, and they're talking about how Caroline wants to know why Bonnie and Elena are... Are feuding. So Bonnie pretty much says that she has betrayed Elena and that Elena asked her to do something, but that she couldn't go through with it and she just couldn't do it. It wasn't right, and Grams would have never done it. Yeah. So we know what she's talking about is removing Emily's spell from the device. So it's not actually neutered yeah (laughs) i was trying to think of like what is the term for demagicking something demagicked yes it's not demagicked the device is fully functional and now it's going to be in uncle john and presumably catherine's hands yeah which is dangerous this is a big reveal and like holy shit like bonnie lied to elena and she's like when elena finds out she'll never forgive me blah 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 like but like what is catherine or catherine i know i'm sorry sorry. what is caroline thinking in this scene like bonnie is sitting there like i can't tell you any details but elena wanted me to do something i couldn't do it and my grandma wouldn't have done it either yeah like what does caroline think she asked her to do bonnie's being like shady as fuck in this scene she like won't give her caroline anything to like understand what the fuck she's talking about yeah so this is kind of the start of what made me hate bonnie and i feel slightly more conflicted about it now that like i'm coming into it looking at it in so much more detail Mm -hmm. but like bonnie basically has a different agenda than elena a lot of the time and elena's our main character and like a lot of our main characters end up being on team elena and then team bonnie is working against them sometimes Mm -hmm. because she has a a problem with vampires. And I understand why. Of it course. It makes yeah. sense that narratively, like, in the show we need, like, Elena's team to win so it's hard to, like, accept that what Bonnie is doing and saying is, like, totally valid because yeah. we, like, want the show to pan out a certain way. It's true. This was still really shitty, though. Either, yeah. either I'm trying to be more lenient with Bonnie in my mind now because, like, I have the big picture, but it's just like, oh funny. Yeah, I guess at this point she's just like so frustrated with the vampires that she wants to actively hurt them instead of just staying out of it. Yeah. Because she could have just pretended that she didn't like know what the fuck the device was. Mm-hmm. Or well, she knows what the device is because of Emily's grimoire, but she could have pretended that she didn't know how to demagic it. Yeah. It was a questionable decision. Indeed. So now everybody's in in danger, and they don't even know it. Yep, they think that they are safe, but Footloose they're not. Fancy free. <laughs> so that's the end of the episode. It's very shocking, and we're like, "Holy shit!" There's only one episode left. What the fuck is going to happen? I know what the fuck is going to happen. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I think that I think that we're going to meet Catherine. That's my prediction for next episode okay. because now they have the tool. I guess Uncle John will deliver it to her, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that would be like a very climactic moment that we could end the season on. Yeah. I will not comment. Good. Except that we did forget about one very brief scene. Uh, Anna shows up in Jeremy's bedroom. Oh, yeah. Leaving, like, my mom died, and he hugs her. And I'm like, girl, you're in the house of the person who killed your mom. But like he's staying there, oh, but, yeah. But she is like still in town, so and that's why the she was most wasn't exciting answering thing her that phone. happened in the episode. I know. <laughs> and Jeremy was like, mm, I'm so "Sorry, can we fuck again?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's like, "I know I'm not supposed to be here, but I didn't know where else to go." That's really sad. I feel so bad for Anna. Like, I know. Wait two hundred years to get your mom out of a damn tomb, and then she's stabbed by Uncle John. Ugh. Fuck him. All right, so who you want to punch? Whoo! This is a lot. There's a lot of people that I would want to punch, but I think that the front runner is Isabel. Mm, yeah, she. Even though it seems like that she has some feelings deep down, she is a horrible monster. Yeah, she. I think that the thing that was so fucked up was how she had, like, her little minions trained to, like, do all this, like, weird shit, like, uh-huh. when the gay cowboy collapsed the flow on Matt's arm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the way that she treated Elena was a super bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the way that she betrayed Alaric, and the way that she just, like, popped back into everyone's life and tried to take control of everything. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's not cute. No. And you want Elena's mom to be nice because Elena like lost her real mom yeah. or her adoptive mom or whatever. It's like she still had the hope of like meeting cool birth parents and it's Isabel and Uncle John. Like fuck. Oh my god. That <laughs> is like the one two punch. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't want to punch Uncle John still. Yeah. Like he obviously still is like in love with Isabel but he's he super hates vampires he's still caught up in this like Gilbert legacy of hating and wanting to kill vampires so he's like I love Isabel but I don't approve of her lifestyle Yeah, even though he helped her find Damon to become a vampire it doesn't make sense but he is just a judgmental piece of shit like Jeremy tries to tell him that there are good vampires out there like Anna's good and he's like no I don't believe that's true and at the same time he's still like hanging around Isabel like a puppy dog, so clearly he does. Yeah, that's super weird. And he's just fucking everything up. Like, he thinks he knows better than everybody else. He, like, knows that he's Elena's dad and won't tell her and is trying to control her life, and he just sucks. I hate him. Yeah, I hate him so suck. much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and the way that he, like, held it over Jeremy's head when he said that his father wouldn't have appreciated that he thinks that vampires are nice because he believed Jeremy's father believed that all vampires were horrible. Yeah. And it's like that was passed down through the generations, but not, like as far as we know, Grace and Gilbert like never met a vampire. So like, sure, you're told by you know the lineage of your family that vampires are evil and it's like they're vampires. Sure, I believe that. Yeah, right? You don't yeah. have any frame of reference except yeah. Uncle John and Jeremy certainly do. But clearly Uncle John knows all kinds of vampires, and he, like, fucks with their lives and somehow thinks they're the bad guy. And, like, some of them are the bad guys. Some vampires suck, just like some humans suck. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It takes all kinds. Why do all the Gilbert men have J names? I don't know. Are they like the Kardashians? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Ugh. It's annoying. Ugh. So, yeah, definitely some punchable folks. But, uh, why are men... will we ever answer this question yeah it's it's a good episode for men by which I mean it's a bad episode for men yeah I think the thing that pops out at me the most is like how Stefan's playing the jealous boyfriend Mm -hmm. card Um, And that Elena can't have a friendship with Damon without it being something sexual from her side, even if Damon feels those feelings towards her. You know what I mean? Like, that just really bothered me when he was, like, trying to take ownership of Elena. Yeah. Um, It's like that whole trope of, like, I trust my girlfriend. I just don't trust anybody else. Yeah, Uh, exactly. It's like, if you love and trust Elena, you have to trust that, like, she's not going to fuck your brother.
1: Yeah. Or, like,
0: if she's going to fuck your brother, she's going to, like, break up with you first. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, I just feel like he doesn't let Elena have her own agency to, like, be friends with the people that she wants to be friends with, even though it is her brother or his brother. And Damon, like, the reason why they're close is because Damon had to help Elena help Stefan recover. Yeah. You know, it was, like, of his own fault, and they bonded over that experience, and now he's, like, using it as a way to control her. Yeah, and as far as we know, he doesn't talk to Elena about this at all. They just, like, hug and... Yeah. Maybe, like, bring up to Elena, like, oh, I know, like, what Isabel said. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, let her give some input here instead of just freaking out that she's going to fall in love with Damon somehow. Yeah. If you ever have to start a conversation with... I don't want to sound like the jealous boyfriend, but... um... It's like, I'm not racist, but... (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's fucked up. I don't like it. Same. I don't like men. Although, ladies were not doing too great in this episode either, to be fair. Yeah, no. With the presence of Isabel, there was a lot of, like, fucked up shit that was happening. Everybody kind of was an asshole. Well, all the vampires were assholes in this episode. And Uncle John. (laughs) and Uncle John with his gaudy ass ring yeah (laughs) alright I don't want to talk about that anymore me neither we covered it a bit when we were talking um, earlier in the episode about how Damon raped Caroline and nobody seems to care anymore oh god yeah so I don't want to talk about that anymore because it's a super bummer no more no more rape (laughs) in every sense yes alright who should have done it Uh, why don't you start with who should have done it I think that the gay cowboy should have done it with Damon. Oh. Because I feel like Damon is definitely bisexual. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, instead of having a threatening makeout session with Isabel, he could have just been like, can I borrow your boy toy and have some sex with him that he might actually like. Yeah. But I would want him to be uncompelled for it. That's mostly nice. I just want the gay cowboy to have gay sex with somebody that he wants to have sex with yes. because I'm really sad that he's getting raped by this asshole I know it's such a horrible thing and like presumably he has been compelled to fuck Cherie too so I am not happy for her either but we I think spend less time talking about what's going down with Cherie yeah. other than she's learning French yeah <laughs> learning French oh my goodness what about you <sighs> I don't know. Everyone was such an asshole in this episode. Like, I don't want any of them to have pleasure. Yeah. Or human contact. <laughs> like, I was thinking that it could have been, like, Cherie and, um, Isabel. Hmm. Because there's, like, no, like, front, like, gay or lesbian relationships at all. But they, like, hint at it without talking yeah. about it. So that would be kind of Even my... the gay character is made straight in this episode. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Uh, But I don't want Isabel to get any more enjoyment than she already has. Yeah. Because she's a monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a good episode for fucking. No, it's too sad and fucked up. Maybe like Alaric and Isabel one last time. Yeah, but I wouldn't even want that for Isabel. Because she would like it. (laughs) True. And it would lead him on. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe nobody. That's okay. That's fine. I feel stressed. I feel stressed at having nobody should have done it. (laughs) Well, that's okay. Uh, You know what we can talk about that will brighten our days is that we have some new iTunes reviews. We do. Oh my goodness. We're feeling very blessed this week. We are. And one of them uh, came from Vamsu. And who's that? Well, I don't know for sure, but I think that it's my sister. Um, If not, there's another person named Sue who just likes us. Yes, who made up a special screen name, just like Vamp Jer, (laughs) Vamp Vamp Sue. (laughs) So good. So we got a good one from her. Thank you for the shout out, sister. You're the best. Uh, We got one from a lady named Emily882. It's like... Are you sure you're not Emily 1864? I know that's. I was thinking, is that her real name or is she just channeling Emily? Maybe she is Emily from the year 882 to Whoa. AD, like Stone Age Emily. That is, Is, is that was not the Stone Age. <laughs> I don't know, how I, time <laughs> or years. I wouldn't have called you out because I'm not sure what the Stone Age is, but I'm you're right. I'm pretty sure I think it was BC. Like a BC. <laughs> Now it, like, people are going to come at us like, no, it actually was this year AD. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus was not real, so it not, by, BC and AD do not matter. Sorry uh-huh. if I've just alienated a lot of people. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, but Emily882, we love you 882 times more than everybody who listens to this and has not left us a review. We do. We love your thoroughness and we love the shout out and appreciate your feedback and the fact that you listen. Yes and then our final review oh my god so if you guys remember (laughs) earlier in the season we had a guest star who was also my fiance my future husband mike and i have been talking with him all week about some stranger who left a review (laughs) on our itunes and their screen name or whatever is jeremy gilbert forever eva And I just couldn't understand who it could be. Like, why would somebody who loved Jeremy Gilbert so much give us five stars? And then after a few days, I found out that Jeremy Gilbert forever was actually my beloved Mike. he trolled us didn't he learn his lesson about pulling internet based pranks on you at the time that he changed his status to single on Uh, April Fool's Day right I know this is just history repeating itself it ain't right yeah when we were like first dating before we were Facebook official he thought that it would be funny before we were officially a couple to change his status to single on Facebook and I was like what the fuck and you were really upset. I remember talking you down and being like, it's just a joke. Don't worry. you got to talk to him. I was upset because that's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. And he, yet uh, you're here weird. two weeks from marrying him. I know, but thanks for bringing that up because now I have some thinking to do. <laughs> uh, we no. love you. Mike, come back on the show. It's okay. He, Everybody makes stupid mistakes when they're in their mid to early 20s true he was not in his mid to early 20s he was though. in his late 20s but I was in my early 20s so maybe my I don't know I'm not gonna apologize for it It was still fucked up yeah I'm glad that I made you think about that so close to your wedding <laughs> no it's fine I could care less now I, now I think it's kind of funny especially because Mike felt so bad afterwards yes and that really cemented his love for you it did because I can then... never make her feel bad like this again because then we became Facebook official Aww. after that. Yeah. So beautiful. true A true love. modern romance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, wrap up with Mystic Follows, I would like to share that I reached out to a couple of lawyers that I know. Uh, my brother Tom and my sister-in-law Kathy. And I asked them their opinion on a very serious subject, because in this episode, Alaric gets confused as to whether he should refer to Isabel as his wife or his ex-wife. Oh, yeah. And so I texted them and asked, in their legal opinion, does a marriage contract continue after one party becomes a vampire? And my brother's opinion is he's not an expert on vampire law, and he thinks it would continue... I offered him the extra context that the one that became a vampire ran away and let her husband think that she was dead, but he still thinks the contract continues. Wow, that's in- that's intense. I would have went the other way, but I do value a legal opinion. Yeah, so a lawyer has decreed that Isabel and Alaric are still married. Sorry, uh, Angela. That sucks. They Anna, need to get a divorce. They do. For some reason, I feel like Isabel isn't the type to really go through the paperwork, but You never know. Yeah. I mean, she could at least compel a notary public to just, like, draw some contracts (laughs) up. uh, That's true. So she doesn't have to go through it herself. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Tom. I have not heard from Kathy yet. She might offer a dissenting opinion. But, I mean, she is a law professor. Oh, oh. So I would trust her opinion more. Sorry, Tom. Thanks for your input, Tom. (laughs) Now I know. And now two of my siblings have been featured on this podcast. Hooray. Where are you, Katie? <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you would like to be a part of this podcast, you can. Uh, we have asked that people reach out to us with questions and comments for us, and nobody's taken us up on it yet. But if you would like us to you know, answer your burning questions, you can tweet at us at The VD Diaries. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook, The Vampire Diaries Diaries or The VD Diaries. Who knows? Just search it. Mm-hmm. Uh Tumblr it has actually been updated. Uh, it's the vddiaries.tumblr.com Nice. And we are also on Instagram, the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast where you could keep a lookout for our best Elena and Bonnie faces. And you can look out for uh, my comments on Reddit as the VD Diaries. I I chime in here and there with my opinions on future episodes. So if you're watching this and you watch the whole thing. And you're wondering, what do I think about this thing that happens in season six? I've been discussing some stuff with the folks there, so you can join me. That's awesome. We're so many places on the internet. We're all over the World Wide Web. So come find us and talk to us, and you could have your questions and comments featured on this podcast. And be famous forever. Whoa. So on that note, we've got one episode left. We're very emotional. We're going to find out how this season ends, and we're so happy you've taken this journey with us. Yes. Have a nice evening. Don't meet your birth mom and have her be a vampire. Or else we'll have to write a sassy haiku about her, and nobody wants that. Yeah, if you want us to write a sassy haiku about your mom, though, tweet at us. All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Mozzarella.